welcome back to Pop Culture Footnotes, the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. And this week we are joined by our friend Aaron. Say hi, Aaron. Hello. Erin <laughs> um, is joining us this week to talk about Hamlet, um, which, if you don't know, is a Shakespeare play. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we made it this long without doing Shakespeare I know. a whole year. <laughs> or at least like some kind of Shakespeare adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's but. about time. <laughs> it's about time we got around to it. Absolutely. And Hamlet, I mean, like, you can't go wrong with Hamlet. Yeah. It's Oh, no. It's just, it's a fixture in our popular culture. There's yep. so much to talk about. Exactly. But before we talk about it, <laughs> we're going to get into our Media of the Week segment. So, Erin, uh, as our guest, tell us about what you've been reading or watching or listening to this week. Oh, man. Well, just this morning, I was listening to a podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Oh, nice. It Yay. features the McElroy brothers. Um, any fans? My Brother, My Brother and Me? Yeah. It, so I've listened to very little of that. And I'll say that I brought up, which I can't remember now which episode, so hopefully it's played before <laughs> this one. There's more than 400 of them. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I've... Um, I just brought up when we recorded last time the Adventure Zone because oh, um, I'm reading I the graphic the novel. <laughs> so, I just bought the graphic novel. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like the McElroys. Yeah, nice. just always so funny, and I mean the interplay between them is great. <laughs> cool. How about you, Shannon? Yeah, um, I literally just got out of a simple favor. <laughs> oh, okay. um, if you guys heard of this with Anna Kendrick and um, yes, and Blake, Blake Lively. Lively. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> such a delight <laughs> um i i would recommend to people going to see it just i think i knew this going into it but it is not they've kind of done all the ads like it's a thriller and it is to some extent but it's very very funny and oh, it's self-aware okay. um and so i love a good bad movie but this is like there are really cheesy things that happen and funny things but they're all done intentionally so it made me really like the movie a lot. Well, that's even funnier so yeah, yeah it was pretty awesome okay because I was a little bit on the fence about that. Like, yeah. the trailers made it look good. And then it looked like a thriller. And I was like, oh, I don't know. But no, it's like they took Gone Girl. But they're like, what What if this is actually a comedy? <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. And I am Anna Kendrick. <laughs> She's this, like, really a type A mom that nice. volunteers for everything and is, like, super awkward around Blake Lively because she's much taller and, like, more glamorous. And I'm like, yes. yeah, that's going to be me one day if I have children. Like me, yeah. So That sounds yep. wonderful. <laughs> it's great. Sounds like a more attractive version of me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. No, I mean, let's face it. I'm no Anakin. <laughs> None of us are. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for me, I actually watched a Netflix original movie this week called Sierra Burgess is a Loser. I was going to that one. Too. <laughs> yeah, um, what you're talking about. It has a, uh, oh, what is her name, Shannon? It's like Barb. Shannon Purser. Shannon Purser. A fellow Shannon. <laughs> so. Yeah, so Barb from Stranger Things is the main character. Oh, wonderful. Um, and it's like a high school. It's very John Hughes-esque. Oh, okay. Um, and it's but, a ripoff of Cyrano de Bergerac. Yes. Oh, yes. so. Well, Cyrenac de Berger, that just meets John Hughes. I just feel like that would be so fun. Yeah, it's like Cyrano and John Hughes with Snapchat from in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And I I really like the soundtrack. Um, And actually, one of my favorite parts segues nicely into our topic for today, which is, um, so... uh, Sierra Burgess is tutoring this really popular cute girl who's like not too bright 
or at least has a reputation for being not too bright. And she's trying to be smarter for her college boyfriend. Oh. And because um, he breaks up with her because she's dumb. And so she... Um, <laughs> so she's learning more about like philosophy and <coughs> literature and there's one point where she like does a video where she's lying on the bed like messing with her hair and being all sexy and she goes Lion King is just Hamlet <laughs> I laughed so, so hard she's not wrong she's not wrong we will get to that um, so yeah so today we were talking about Hamlet so um, let's talk first exposure so Erin what was your first exposure to Hamlet well I mean unconsciously with the Lion King mm-hmm. but since I didn't realize it at the time I don't think I count that mm-hmm. um, I first read Hamlet in high school which I mean you know what high schooler doesn't read Hamlet most of them um, and uh, studying it there you know I don't think I got that much out of it because it was high school but then I read it again in college I'm like this is actually a pretty good play yeah absolutely how about you Shannon I think I actually didn't read it in high school oh, because what? we read everything weird. <laughs> um, I'm not an English teacher, but like looking back, we didn't read Jane Austen. Like we didn't read all of the typical things high school kids wow. read. That's so interesting. Um, so I don't know that I actually read the text until I was in college and took a Shakespeare class. But who knows? I'm sure I saw a version of it <laughs> before then because I watch a lot of Shakespeare stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the lines from it, like obviously to be or not to be has been referenced everywhere. So mm-hmm. I've like had an awareness of it and what happens in it a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, definitely. I think mine is really similar to yours, Erin. <laughs> like for me, it was probably The Lion King. And before that, it was like, you know, there are always like people in Elizabethan garb with a skull. And I was like, what is that about? Like, and how do I relate to this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like the line to be or not to be like is so referenced and prevalent. That you don't even think about what it means. That it's, yeah, you don't know, yeah. think about what it means or what it's from. Right. Um, so, yeah. I like, obviously I was exposed to all of that and then I did in high school. Wait, um, can I now bring up... <laughs> This may have been my first one. I love the movie Clueless. Oh, one of my yeah. favorite parts is when, um, oh, what's his name? Josh has this like college girlfriend. He's like, she quotes something from Hamlet, and um, Cher, who's supposedly the like Valley Girl, not as smart one, is like, it wasn't Hamlet that said that. It was that Polonius guy. And then there, she's like, I think I know my Shakespeare correctly. And Cher goes, well, I think I know Mel Gibson correctly. And so she like schools this this college girl about it. Anyway, that's amazing. <laughs> cool. Um, so let's get into it. So um, like we mentioned, Hamlet is a Shakespeare play. Shakespeare um, wrote plays in the late 1500s early 1600s um right around the time of queen elizabeth and king james um yeah we shannon and i were saying earlier that we're gonna have to do a whole separate episode on shakespeare work i that or romeo and juliet i think are the it's two definitely one of them yeah that like everyone brings up all the time as far as like but. his best play i think hamlet for sure is his opus I mean, I have a soft spot for Much Ado About Nothing, oh, but that's I totally separate. Much Ado About Nothing is definitely my favorite, but I think of the tragedies, maybe. Yes, it's definitely no. of, of the more serious kinds yeah. of plays. Well, and yeah. as far as just complexity of character, I think that Hamlet and King Lear are probably the two most complex plays in Europe. And Courtney, didn't you say that you've seen the condensed 
works of yes. William Shakespeare. I can't even remember exactly <laughs> what it's either. called. No, I can't believe I haven't heard of that. <laughs> the Bridge Works of William Shakespeare. There we go. <laughs> um, it's a comedy where it's a whole show where they basically perform every Shakespearean play to some extent. <laughs> to some extent, within two hours. So, like all of the oh all of the histories, they act out as a football game where <laughs> the crown is being passed from one player to the other. Um, <laughs> But they spend a lot of time on Hamlet. At the end, they're like, we forgot Hamlet, and that's the most popular. So that's my point. The fact that it's, like, the last one, I think. <laughs> like, it's the one most people have heard of. Yep. Or like, or at least quoted stuff from it or heard mm-hmm. quoted stuff yeah. from it. Yeah. yeah. Can I actually mention another thing? Yes. <laughs> um, so I forgot. So I wanted us to do this episode because so I, um, when I was at Sundance this winter, um, they had a Hamlet kind of spin-off movie called Ophelia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a Hamlet retelling. Daisy Ridley is Ophelia. Um, I wasn't a fan of the film and I wish it would come out so I can complain to more people about it. But um, without giving it away, it like changes quite a bit about the ending because it's a retelling. Uh, it's one of those where it doesn't like follow the story really closely um maybe certain characters don't die is they're supposed to as you will find out sorry (laughs) well now i don't have to see the movie (laughs) you told me how it ends um I won't, I won't tell you which, <laughs> but anyway, um, the guy next to me was like, oh, what did you think? And um, this guy was chatting with in line before the movie, and I said, well, I mean, it doesn't really follow Hamlet, does it? And he said, well, how does Hamlet end? <laughs> I said, you don't know Hamlet? <laughs> like, this is the, one of the most popular Shakespeare plays, so it made me think, if there are people who don't know the end of Hamlet, we need to educate them and at least let them know what happens in Hamlet. <laughs> so. Did he just go to a movie called Ophelia not knowing who Ophelia was? Probably, yeah. Oh, wow. I just thought that was so weird. I'm like, well, it's based on Shakespeare. <laughs> I have no idea that was the case. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Well, you, you've educated him. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, anyway. And hopefully we will educate you, dear mm-hmm. listener. Um, that was weird. I apologize. <laughs> hopefully you already know to some extent. Yeah. We'll give you the whole breakdown. Anyway. <laughs> Um, cool. So let's get into plot summary. So the play starts out. It's a winter's night, and there are uh, two watchmen um, and another person named Horatio um, up on the ramparts of the castle, kind of doing their night watch. And they encounter a ghost. Um, and Horatio notices that um, the ghost resembles the recently deceased King Hamlet. Um, so, yeah, there has been a King Hamlet. He has died. Um, so Horatio is friends with um, Prince Hamlet, who is the son of Queen Gertrude. Um, and we basically learn that, so King Hamlet has died, his wife Gertrude married his brother Claudius, um, and then there's, there's Hamlet. So that's basically the, the state that everything is in. So Horatio goes to see Hamlet and basically um, says, hey, there was this ghost, you should come see it. And so Hamlet goes to see it and realizes that it is, in fact, his father. The ghost speaks to him and tells him that he was murdered by his brother, Claudius, the now king. Um, And tells him that he was, like, poisoned through his ear and um, basically asks him to seek revenge um, on Claudius and also on Gertrude because she has now married him, married Claudius. 
right? Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then the, the sun comes up, the cock crows, and the ghost disappears. So Hamlet starts devoting himself to avenging his father's death, but he gets very, like, melancholy and depressed, and he's just kind of, like, thinking about it a lot. Um, so everybody kind of notices that he's out of sorts, but he won't talk to anybody. Um, so Claudius and Gertrude are, like, worried about him, and they, um, they employ a couple of Hamlet's friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, to watch him. Um, we're also introduced to Polonius, who is the Lord Chamberlain, um, and he has a daughter named Ophelia, and a son named, what is his son's name? I forget. Laertes. Yes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um, so Polonius believes that maybe Hamlet is so melancholy and sad because he's in love with his daughter Ophelia. Um, so Claudius is spying on Hamlet and like sets up this conversation between him and Ophelia so that they can like talk it through. And um, he basically tells her like, I'm not in love with you. Get the heck out of here. And it's suggested that maybe they have had a past relationship, but he tells her, get thee to a nunnery. Um, basically saying like, I'm not going to marry you. Just go be a nun. So, so harsh. Yeah. So <laughs> harsh. Um, and he also is acting like very erratic and people are starting to wonder if maybe he might be crazy. Um, so yeah. And then basically a group of traveling actors come in and this is where we get the infamous play within a play. Um, so basically Hamlet employs these actors to act out a scene in which um, like a villain murders a king in the same way that Claudius murdered um, Hamlet's father, supposedly. Because Hamlet at this point, he's starting to question whether or not like this ghost that he saw was like actually a ghost and whether the information that the ghost gave him was correct or if it's just like a trick or maybe he's imagining it. And so he wants to have the actors act out this scene so he can watch Claudius and gauge his reaction, basically. So they act it out, and um, Claudius does not react well, and it becomes very obvious that, no, in fact, he did murder Hamlet's dad in exactly the way that <laughs> they have reenacted. Um, so Hamlet and Horatio agree that this proves that Claudius is guilty. Hamlet goes to kill Claudius, but finds him praying, and he thinks, if I kill him while he's praying, it will send his soul to heaven, so I'm not going to kill him. Um, so he decides to wait. Um, Claudius, meantime, is, like, afraid for his own safety. He thinks Hamlet's insane, um, and he's starting to worry that maybe Hamlet has more information than he would like him to have. So he orders that Hamlet be sent to England, and he sends a letter with his friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, to the king of England, basically asking him to kill Hamlet for him. Right? Is that right? That sounds about right. It yeah. has been a little while since I've read it, mm -hmm. but that sounds about right. Yeah. Meantime, so... Uh, Claudius is working this out. Hamlet goes to confront his mother because he um, he's unsure whether his mother was in on this plan to murder his father so that she could marry Claudius or if it was just like circumstance, in which case he's really mad at her for like, you know, jumping into bed with the next guy who comes along, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he goes to confront her. Um, Polonius, meantime, is hidden behind the tapestry. Um, Hamlet thinks that it's Claudius, so he goes to kill whoever's behind the tapestry um, and winds up killing Polonius. Um, so this is the reason why he's sent to England. 
um, with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is supposedly his punishment for killing Polonius. Yes? Mm-hmm. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Claudia, or sorry, H- Hamlet basically figures out what the real plan is that um, Claudius is trying to have him killed. So he ends up killing Rosencrantz and Guildenstern and escaping and coming back to Denmark. Yeah? Yeah. It's yeah. just... It's just such a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so meantime, Ophelia has gone legit crazy. Um, she's like gone mad with grief because her father is dead and she drowns herself in a river. Um, Polonius' son Laertes, meanwhile, um, returns to Denmark and he blames Hamlet for his father's and his sister's death, which is, you know, valid. Like... Totally reasonable reasonable. situation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because basically in his mind, he's like, Hamlet murdered my father. And then my sister, who was in love with Hamlet, like is driven mad by grief, both out of her father dying and her, you know, the guy that she's in love with killing her father. So like basically both of their deaths are on Hamlet's hands. Um, So Horatio and the king receive letters from Hamlet basically Um, indicating that he's back from Denmark. Um, Claudius is like, I have to do something about this. So he gets together with Laertes and they concoct this plan um, to kill Hamlet. Um, So the idea is Laertes and Hamlet will fence just like innocently, but Claudius is going to put poison on Laertes' blades that if he draws blood at all, because in fencing, like, it's legal to draw blood, like it's not right. able to kill your your opponent. But like, <laughs> you don't say. Still, yeah. But I mean, it's always poison with this guy. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> all about that poison. Um, so he's gonna put poison on Laertes' blades that way. If he just scratches Hamlet, Hamlet will die. Um, and then, as a backup plan, the king decides to also poison the goblet. So he's gonna give Hamlet the like this goblet to drink um, after the first round of the match. And then, you know, worst case scenario, even if Laertes isn't able to draw blood, Hamlet will die. Um, so Hamlet returns to the vicinity just as Ophelia's funeral is happening. Um, and so he's, he's really sad about that. Um, he attacks Laertes, um, declares that actually he had always loved Ophelia, um, which, like, a lot of people debate whether or not that's true. <laughs> it's just, that's part of why Hamlet's such a great play. There's mm-hmm. so many things left up to interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can interpret it as when he tells her, I'm not in love with you, he's just trying to protect her because he knows he's going down this path of revenge and, like, you know, melancholy and he doesn't want her to be involved. It could be, like, legit that he is crazy. It could be that he's just like, no, I don't actually love you. I was messing with you, you know, or, like, I was using you before and... Mm-hmm. This isn't actually going to happen. It's yeah, it's right, all right. Place. Or like you know, <laughs> Hamlet's somewhat of an unreliable narrator, yeah. and we'll never, we'll never know the truth. But exactly. <laughs> and like when he says that he, oh no, I did love Ophelia the whole time. It's like, are you just saying that because you feel guilty that right, she's right. dead? Because you know yeah. it's like your fault. So yeah. Anyway, um, so he claims that he always loved Ophelia. Um, they go back to the castle. He tells Horatio, um, like. Basically, like, you have to be prepared to die at any moment. Like, it could happen any time. Oh, foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A a courtier named Osric arrives um, to arrange the fencing match. They end up, like, doing their sword fighting. Um, Hamlet scores the first hit, so Laertes has not been able to scratch him. Um, And then the king offers him the goblet, and he goes, no, I'm good. 
And so Gertrude, his mother, then is just like, oh, well, a toast to you, and takes the goblet and drinks. Oh. And Claudia's, <laughs> Claudia's just like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, so then Laertes does succeed in wounding Hamlet, um, but he's not, he doesn't die immediately, so he's still going. Um, and then Laertes gets cut by his own sword's blade, which, again, is poisoned. Um, <laughs> and then he reveals that... Um, he reveals to Hamlet that Claudius is responsible for the queen's death because the queen is now, you know, she's been poisoned. Um, and then Laertes dies, and then Hamlet stabs Claudius with the poisoned sword and makes him drink the rest of the poisoned wine. So Claudius has been stabbed and poisoned. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. a lot of people are watching this, yes. right? This is like a public spectacle. Yes. And people are just dropping like flies. Yes. Um, so Claudius dies, and then Hamlet, meantime, has been poisoned by the poison blade. So he dies after achieving his revenge. Um, and then the end of the play is kind of funny because this uh, Norwegian prince named Fortinbras is like approaching the castle and he has this whole army that he's leading to Denmark, um, I guess because he like sees weakness within the royal family. Which like, um, pretty astute, but yeah. I don't think you have to be a genius to see that here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so he ends up entering and he's also got ambassadors from England who report that Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And then they come in, they're just like, whoa, what the heck? Bodies everywhere. (laughs) What happened? And Horatio basically tells them Hamlet's story, and Fortinbras is like, carry Hamlet away, like, you know, in a manner befitting a fallen soldier. Like, yeah, the end. Yeah. Yeah. I love that ending. It's just like, what the heck happened here? <laughs> and they're never going to get the full story because no. everyone involved is dead. Except, I mean, Except there's Horatio. Horatio. Mm-hmm. But his his narrative is going to be biased. Right, so. because Hamlet's his buddy and, yep. you know, he was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, Or maybe the whole thing was orchestrated by Horatio. Oh. Whoa. Fan <laughs> theory. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that. No, right? Because he's he's the one who sees the ghost the first time and tells Hamlet, "Hey, there's this ghost. You should go check it out." Ah, oh, suspicious! <laughs> and then he's left standing at the end, and he is the only one. Yep. What if he made up the whole thing, and the play is just him telling Fortinbras, "You're not going to believe this crazy story. <laughs> Everyone killed each other, and I was not involved at all." <laughs> All I did was support, like, the rightful prince, that's all. Ah, look at how patriotic I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally relaxed. I'll totally serve you when you take over this country. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I cool. like that you guys have conspiracy theories about a 400-year-old <laughs> That's why it's so magical. Hamlet is a masterpiece mm. for a variety of reasons, but this is one of them. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of room for interpretation. True. And, of course, fan theories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about... Um, I kind of glossed over some of the most notable stuff. I say, that there. was the quickest we've ever summarized anything. <laughs> Okay, no, that's not true. I summarized, like, Black Doctor Panther Strange, Doctor so Strange quick. That was, like, two minutes. So. so now you see that Doctor Strange and Hamlet are on the same level on the show. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's Worthy that's of equal, <laughs> equal amounts I, of description. I spent, like, Just kidding. I spent, like, ten times longer on Hamlet. Than <laughs> that's true, you did. 
Still no. was not very much. No, I was just impressed. I'm like, wow. What's <laughs> She really condensed that. Cool, let's just wrap it up. I know. I'm out of here. No, but so let's talk about some of the most notable um, like lines and references from the place. So we mentioned earlier, to be or not to be. I'm going to bring that one up because it's low-hanging fruit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, to be or not to be comes from um, when Hamlet returns to England, right? This is... No. Well, so he's... I feel like it's when he's returned from England and he gives that speech to indicate, like, this is how I'm feeling, mm-hmm. this is what's happening right now. Or was that the Yurik I hardly knew the... Yeah. Yeah, that's... I think it's to be that. or not to be is before the play within a play. Yes. Yes. He has a soliloquy. I do always get that confused. Yep. Yeah. He's talking about like what is real, what is like truth, (laughs) who am I? Like (laughs) philosophizing and like getting very poetic and (laughs) having a full on existential crisis. Oh, yeah. Full on. And so he says, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether it is, what is it? Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Or to take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. To die, to sleep, no more, and by a sleep, to say we end. The heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. I'm going to stop there because it's a very long <laughs> soliloquy. Um, yeah. Oh, and then he, that also in that soliloquy is the to sleep perchance to dream. Um, either is the rub for in that sleep of death what dreams may come. So yeah, he's, yeah, full on existential crisis. I don't know how else to explain that quote. (laughs) I mean, I think in there, there's some other gems, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's talking about, you know, should a person oppose evil when they see it Mm -hmm. or, or trouble or wrong. And from that, you can kind of interpret like, well, I'm in the situation where I know, or I think I know the real story of what happened to my dad. Mm -hmm. I'm in a position to, you know, bring about some change there. Maybe I depose the king. Maybe I work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. But I think that's part of Hamlet's thing. He's not going to come right out and tell you what he wants or what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. So he's disguising it behind this speech mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, all this philosophy I've been learning while I've been away at college. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And again, I'm going to refer to another that I keep thinking of. Um, you know the newer version of Freaky Friday uh, mm-hmm. with Lindsay Lohan? Oh, Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis and how they switch spots. And the teacher's trying to quiz them all on Hamlet. And he's trying to, like, prompt this kid to give the right answer about Hamlet. And he said, Hamlet is a guy who can't make up his mind. And that's, like, his easy way of summarizing it. But that is, like, true in part of this speech, too. He doesn't know whether he wants to live or die, whether he should act on this knowledge he's found out about his uncle or whether he should not. It's him like bouncing back and forth and kind of been moaning how unfair everything is. Yeah. <laughs> but absolutely. Cool. Yep. Um and then we talked about the Yurik I hardly knew thee. So do one of you want to uh explain what that's all about? Um and go over it a little bit. I believe that this is um, because he's at the graveyard before they're burying Ophelia, right? Before mm-hmm. her funeral. Um, and he's, um, there are these grave diggers there talking, and then Hamlet comes upon him and is talking with him. Um, and then he pulls up this skull of a jester um, named Yorick who um, was around during Hamlet's childhood. Um, yeah, he 
have any more to add on that, Erin? <laughs> can't remember the whole... Well, I don't know. Just the general feel of the scene, I think part of it reflects Hamlet's melancholy, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like his internal thoughts of what's happening. Yep. I mean, there's just death all around him, and mm-hmm. he's alive, and he's pondering this other person who's died. I just think it's really poignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, other notable quotes. So um, Shakespeare is really well known for coining new phrases that are phrases that were new for his time that are now like so entrenched in our in the English language that it's like hard to know where they came from but one of them came from Hamlet (laughs) um so for instance uh this above all to thine own self be true that's I guess not so much like a like a turn of phrase that we use but like you know general motto that be true to yourself yeah be true (laughs) to yourself um so the full quote is this above all to thine own self be true and it must follow as the <laughs> night the day that can't thou canst not then be false to any man so yeah nice polonius. wisdom from shakespeare there. <laughs> yeah polonius is like giving advice to laertes in that scene so he's got all of these nice little you know tidbit sized pieces of advice um yeah I think um, the play is the thing is something that we now yes. say yes. quite a bit. Hear that one. The full line is the play is the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. Mm-hmm. And so we have the play within a play in order to catch whether Claudius is guilty of killing Hamlet's father. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that's something we say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's also the there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Basically saying, you know, like there's more things than you could possibly comprehend. Um, I'm going to mention, because <laughs> we talked about this, um, there's this site that I found where it was like um, Shakespeare quotes for like mo- modern office settings. <laughs> that's <laughs> so there a was like, thing I need. <laughs> um, but one of my favorites is uh, they adapted that quote and they said, there are more things in heaven and earth, earth Horatio than are dreamt of in your content strategy. <laughs> <laughs> that is awfully specific. <laughs> awfully specific. But as somebody who is a copy, marketing copywriter for yeah. Reddit, it resonated very strongly with me. Well, and then you get, you know, um, Hamlet says, though this be madness, yet there is method in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so a good method one. Yep. to the madness. Right. Yep. And so, like, there's things that we adapt you know, mm-hmm. we may Everything not say it in so words. <laughs> Everything is Shakespeare. It's true. <laughs> yep. Um, let's see what else. I think something is wrong in the state of Denmark is one that yeah. comes oh, out yeah, yeah. a lot, yes. too. Absolutely. I feel like there's variations on that. Obviously, something is wrong in the state of Denmark because <laughs> all this murder is happening. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, also, there's the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one yes. gets quote a lot. Quote also, on there are a lot... I'll talk a little bit about like, the problems with women in this play, but also oh. frailty, thy name is woman. Yeah. Um, Hamlet it strikes me as a little bit of a misogynist. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. <laughs> I've thought on this when you keep talking about quotes. Brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, that's another one. Sweets to the sweet. That's Hamlet. That always makes me think of The Simpsons, though. <laughs> 
everything is also The Simpsons. Yes, <laughs> so The Simpsons is Shakespeare. That's like the same level. Yeah, <laughs> kind of actually. On I this show, I read, I read an article actually that was talking about how like what Shakespeare did for the English language, The Simpsons does for the English language. Like, there are oh, things that we say now that came from The Simpsons and we don't even realize it. <laughs> like, um, for instance, uh, what is that? There, there are a bunch of words that have been added to the dictionary that came from The Simpsons that were nonsense words before. Huh. And they're, like, used all the time now, and we just don't even think about it. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, right. impressive. I think yeah. Sacrilicious was one of them. Sacrilicious. Yeah. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Sweets to the Sweet reminds me of this Simpsons episode where Homer... There's like a sugar truck that rolls over and there's just all this sugar. So he loads it up into his car and he's trying to sell the sugar. But he's just got this pile of sugar in his backyard and there are like ants in it and bees and stuff. And uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so yeah, cool. Um, and then, you know, there are stuff that are not like necessarily um, like... There are things that aren't necessarily part of English language that come from Hamlet. But there are like really notable lines from the play that um, people reference a lot, especially when talking about it. So one that I like, um, let me see here. God hath given you one face and you make yourself another is one of my favorites. Um, So basically it's like this really cool little statement about like, you know, you have your true self, but then you have this persona that you present to everybody else. So, yeah. Anyway. I, like that. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Say goodnight, sweet prince, is something. That oh yeah, that is from him. That's one I've heard. Yeah. And then there's the what a piece of work is a man. Yes, piece Ooh. of work. Okay, yeah. piece of work was not a thing. Like we, all, like I tell my kids all the time that like, oh, you're such a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> I say this all the time, and it comes from Shakespeare. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Yeah, and the idea, I mean, even, you know, further on in that little speech that Mm -hmm. man is somewhere between an angel and an animal, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is fairly accurate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, lots of really good stuff in this play. Um, So quotable. So quotable. (laughs) Cool. Um, So let's talk about parodies and notable adaptations. Well, let's talk about adaptations first. Okay. So... What are some adaptations that you guys like? There have been many. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. We That's the best this. one. I want to see it so bad. It's, so I'll say to people who haven't seen it, it is so hard to come by. <laughs> um, it, he did this performance in National Theater in London um, and through Fathom Events and other things. They will broadcast it every now and then, but it is not available to like, stream or purchase on DVD or anything anywhere else I would own it. <laughs> Um, it's a really beautiful version, though, where I like how it's all the Shakespearean language, but they have kind of modernized it as far as the uh, costuming of it and the sets. Um, it's more, would you say, like, 20s, 40s, some somewhere more around there yeah, is kind of the set design of it. Um, at the beginning, he's playing a record, and so there's little touches of it that modernize it. Yeah, definitely going for a certain aesthetic, though, even yeah. if you can't, like, put your finger on it. Mainly. that. So it's Benedict Cumberbatch as Hamlet and Syrian Hines as... Um, uh, Uncle. Yep, thank you, Claudius. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
If you haven't had a chance to ever see that version, I really like it. I like Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> anyway. So. But I think he does a good job, especially in the parts um, where he's like mad or like faking that he's mad a little bit and maybe yeah (laughs) who knows (laughs) all up for interpretation (laughs) um but anyway yeah well probably my favorite adaptation is the tom stoppard absurdist play rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead which i also read in high school probably around the same time as hamlet just because the teacher wanted to give us like a different idea of what the play can do and I just love how it takes the play and just like turns it completely inside out. Mm-hmm. And you get not just fourth wall breaking throughout, but like they're basically, you know, they've just shattered it from the beginning, <laughs> addressing completely to the audience. That's the kind of thing I really like, where it's just a very different way to think of the play and also very um, <laughs> just really funny. I don't know. That's just my humor, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry, along the same lines, my high school teacher also loved that play, but we didn't like read it or watch it or anything. But mm. she did bring in this like big tub of like caramel popcorn with cranberries in it that were called it was called um Rosencrans, spelled C I N S and Gilded Pop are dead. I feel like Rosencrans was like a little more seamless, but Golden Pop they just I was like, how are they going to fit that into the next one? I might be misremembering it. It might have been like... Wouldn't Gilden Corn be better than Gilden Pop? Or, or, or Rosen Kearns. That, yes. Rosen Kearns is probably the best of those options. Yes. But, yeah. I'm There's got to be some <laughs> Gilden Pop. Although now I really like that. I know, right? <laughs> um, and you were telling me about... Wasn't it you who had a friend who had two plants and named them... Rosen, (laughs) Rosen plants and gilden fern. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, Excellent. um, Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say there's also a really good. I'm bringing up more recent ones because I've realized I haven't watched all of these classic (laughs) ones. Um, There is an extremely long version with David Tennant is Hamlet that I like. Have either of you seen that one? I have not seen that one. It's been a little while, but I think it was BBC that put it on. Um, Patrick Stewart is Claudius. It's always like they pick always the best actors for those two (laughs) kind of opposing uh, roles. But um, that one's also really good, too. Um, Kind of a similar thing. They've sort of modern, the language is all the same, but they've kind of modernized um, the sets and whatnot. But David Tennant in a beanie, I think, is a screenshot I've seen from that. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember that, but that, that sounds... Right now. Sure. There uh, oh, there we go. That's the, that's the oh, screenshot I've seen. He's in a beanie. <laughs> yeah. Or on uh, I love how his, his knitted turtleneck sweater is like the Denmark cross on Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no kidding. There yeah, it is. There it is. <laughs> anyway, um, David Tennant is the best. That's basically my takeaway from that. Yeah, just, <laughs> just period. It's really best. good. Yeah. He's great. Um, I really love the version with um, Kenneth Branagh. Which is oh, yeah. Long. It's unabridged. It's unabridged. So it's Kenneth Branagh and Kate Winslet, which is a little bit of a weird like pairing for me. I don't know. Kate Winslet is Ophelia? Yes, this was, and it was made in 1996, so she was like very young at the time. This yeah, was, like, Titanic huh. era. Um, he is not that young, and it's a little <laughs> weird for me. <laughs> and yeah, checks out with Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
Other than that, though, I do really <laughs> love that adaptation because it's unabridged and Kenneth Branagh <laughs> is amazing when it comes to Shakespeare ad- adaptations, in my opinion. So, well, I mean, he is in once again my favorite, which mm-hmm. is much, much ado about, about nothing. Yeah. We should probably bring up like some the two probably most well-known adaptations which again i haven't seen so i can't speak to you but there's Laurence olivier is very, very well known famous. for <laughs> playing oh, yes. hamlet yeah. um and when you've thought when you think of an actor holding up the skull i think that's probably what the vision you have in mind is of <laughs> olivier doing it um and that mill gibson version version of it too yeah. um yeah that's true glenn close i believe is gertrude and it's got other good people in it mm-hmm. yep excellent yep. Um, and then, of course, we have to talk about the Lion King. <laughs> Lion King oh, straddles this line Finally. between adaptation and parody, right? <laughs> so, yeah, do you want to talk? You sound like you I have would, some strong I would for sure love to talk about it. <laughs> so it envisions, obviously, Hamlet in a very different way, right? Mm-hmm. With lions. Mm-hmm. Biggest difference. <laughs> but it also envisions a world where you see a young Hamlet, right? You get Simba growing up with his father, getting to see, you know, what wisdom he has to offer, and you see him before he dies. That's a big change from the play. Mm-hmm. In the play, you get the ghost right off. Like, the father's already dead, Hamlet's coming back from college. Like, it's just it's a different way to begin it and so then you can kind of see more of the character development of hamlet so they change him from more of like an unreliable narrator to very reliable you're right there with him he's like the person you relate to most and you're supposed to Mm -hmm. and then you can see his struggle with trying to you know figure out what to do when his father dies whether he comes back and he gets a push in the right direction. So it's it's different than Hamlet, um, but I would say in some ways more relatable mm-hmm. than the character of Hamlet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus it's <laughs> lions and they're adorable. What's, what's not to love? <laughs> yep. yep. And good songs in the middle of it. So. And you it's... get Polonius' Zazu, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. I know that this is off topic, but can we talk about the live action <laughs> Lion King that's coming out? Um, I mean, we for sure can. Uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Really? I'm so excited. Please not- tell me why you're excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to hear this too. <laughs> okay, um, I love everybody that they've cast. That's pretty much the sum of it. Like, I love John Oliver as Zazu. That idea is just makes me so happy in my heart. I can already imagine his voice coming out of Zazu, I know, the right? animated character. So, I know. Yeah. It's hard. It's Yeah. Anyway. And then uh, Donald Glover is going to be in it. I love him. And yes. isn't Beyonce in it? I think Beyonce is in it. If not, I'm she should in, be. Yeah. yeah. Is Nala. Ooh, weird. I know, right? Heard is not Don Donald Glover is Simba. Mm-hmm. He's ever for right now. Who's playing that Donald that? Glover is so hot right now. <laughs> um, this is gonna be Donald she, Glover's big break. If we can't get him as Miles Morales, to tell Edgy's for is Scar. James Earl oh, yeah, Jones still is Mufasa because who else would you pick as Mufasa? Thank goodness. Yes. He's still around. I think, did, did you like the, the Jungle Book when they read that one? I think yeah. that's why I'm not. And I like The Lion King significantly more than The Jungle Book. Yeah. Um, and I like The New Jungle Book more than I thought I would. But there's something about them just CGIing everything. And I'm like, yeah. do I really want this? I don't know. Yeah, no, like, I completely understand that. Um, 
But this is a really good Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. There are a lot of really good Billy Eichner's. I know. (laughs) Okay, I I do love Billy Eichner. Okay, that that could be fun. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the story is really solid, a lot more solid than the Jungle Book, and the casting is like rock solid, at least in my mind. So for me, like even if it winds up having the same look as the Jungle Book, which was not my favorite, I feel like the strong story and the strong cast is going to make up for that. So, which I mean, one thing I do like that they did with the new Jungle Book is that it's again a slightly different take on the classic story. Mm-hmm. So if they do the same thing with the Lion King, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Cool. Can I bring up another one that now I need to see? <laughs> so they had so Hamlet 2000, like it was known as Hamlet 2000. Um, and Ethan Hawke is Hamlet, so obviously I need to see it because I'm obsessed with Ethan Hawke right now. <laughs> but um, the summary for it is, uh, this is a modern retelling of the classic tale of a young uh, filmmaker, is it supposed to be? They have a typo on that. Um, In New York City, struggling with the weight of a production company called Denmark Corp, following the death of his father, including dealing with those who would deprive him of his quote-unquote crown. That sounds like a perfect Ethan Hawke role. (laughs) (laughs) I just, most of the Hamlets, like, stick pretty true to this story. Like, they don't change a lot of elements in it, but... This one seems not that way. <laughs> I need to see it. And Julia Stiles is in it, and she is in every Shakespeare adaptation. So, including 10 Things I Hate About You, and O, oh, and everything. So, <laughs> well, and there's also book adaptations, which I recently stumbled across um, one called To Be or Not to Be, and it's by an author named Ryan North, and it's a choose your own adventure Hamlet story. <gasps> Doesn't that sound incredible? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. What, what is this? Oh, it's the book. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned yeah. this to you. So they have a Romeo and Juliet one, too, I want to say. Yes, he also, I need that. He wrote both of them. So this is definitely on my Christmas wish list. Um, I've already told my husband. Um, but basically, it's like you can go through you know, the 600-page book, and you can be different characters, and you can take the story in a totally different direction. And, um, and you can just see like funny lines so I have a, I have a quote from it that I would love to read because it's just it's so great to me um so you're Hamlet on this page and you say the beauty of the world the paragon of animals and yet to me what is this quintessence of dust man delights not me you break off as Gildernstern interrupts you gay he <laughs> says I said man delights not me you idiot you say nor woman neither though you seem to think this time you're interrupted by Rosencrantz, asexual. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically just like a more humorous tone to mm-hmm. it and putting yourself into the story, which, you know, I always like. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds really fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm looking at a list of TV shows that have parodied Hamlet. <laughs> um, so one is called, so it's from Pinky and the Brain called Melancholy Brain. It's a variation on Hamlet. Um, basically, it's just like a direct parody. Um, we've also got in Gilligan's Island, there was an episode where they did a musical production of Hamlet set to Carmen. Um, define that. that sounds delightful. <clears throat> yeah. Um, let's see what else. Um, there was an entire episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus entitled Hamlet. Um, I'm not sure what that episode entailed, but there you go. Um, let's see. There was uh, some Mystery Science Theater 3000. They watched a version of Hamlet um, in one of the 
It was a 1960 made-for-TV movie from West Germany. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, oh, The Simpsons did. Of course they did. <laughs> they did a whole, they had an episode called Tales from the Public Domain. Um, and, um, and they do a whole parody of Hamlet in which I think Homer is Hamlet and, like, Lisa's Ophelia and, or no, maybe Bart, Bart is Hamlet. That's right. And Homer is um, mm, that sounds more Hamlet's right. father. Yeah. 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 Um, so... He, like, appears as a ghost of art, and it's just like, avenge me, boy. And um, also in that episode, Homer claims that Hamlet was made into the film Ghostbusters. So, there's that. Um, <coughs> let's see. Um, there is a... Okay. Yeah, no. I think that's all I've got from the TV. Well, oh, oh, okay. No, sorry. I thought of one that we okay, to okay. About. <laughs> sorry. Um, there's so uh, Strange Brew. I okay. I didn't know that this is a parody yeah. of Hamlet. Yeah. So How Strange Brew. so? Strange Brew came from like a sketch that SNL did, um, featuring Doug and Bob McKenzie, who are just like these Canadian guys who are obsessed with beer and like call call people hosers and knobs and like, have really heavy Canadian accents. So um, in the, in the movie, um, there's a their favorite beer is like Elsinore beer, and um, nice. Yeah, basically it turns out that like they befriend this woman who is like supposed to be the heir to like the Elsinore beer company, but the company's been taken over by her uncle, um, mm. and it comes out like they go to like this big castle that's the headquarters of the beer oh, company. Oh boy. <laughs> and they find this arcade game that's haunted by her father who reveals that he was killed by the uncle. And yeah, it's like a <laughs> Hamlet parody. It's this sounds great. That's lovely. Um, and I yeah. mean, if Star Trek is your thing, um, you have Star Trek, the undiscovered country, mm-hmm. one of the Star Trek movies. I have mixed feelings about the Star Trek movies, which we won't get into here. <laughs> but um, in here, there's a Klingon officer, General Chang, who is a Shakespeare aficionado, mm-hmm. and he says that Shakespearean works are best experienced in the original Klingon, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is so funny to me. And if Star Wars is more of your thing <laughs> than Star Trek, <laughs> um, there's a part in Empire Strikes Back where um, Chewbacca, <laughs> it's where C-3PO, um, they're on Cloud City, C-3PO is in like pieces, and Chewbacca lifts up C-3PO's head, kind of in the manner of York's skull. Um, but um, the director said that that was an intentional Hamlet reference to have it shot that way so mm-hmm. that's fantastic next time yeah. i watch star wars i'm gonna have to t- keep a lookout for that <laughs> i don't think i've noticed that one before yep um let's see here uh i also wanted to talk a little bit about how there's been a lot of work based on hamlet like or like originating from hamlet not necessarily like a parody or an adaptation but like for instance there are lots of famous paintings of ophelia yes um, like a woman in the water surrounded by flowers and willows and stuff. Um, There's also been, so according to Wikipedia, there have been at least 26 operas written based on Hamlet. Really? Yeah, (laughs) apparently. Um, There are also a lot of instrumental works based on Hamlet. So there's like Funeral March for Hamlet um, by Berlioz. There's There's a Willow. Um, Nocturne in G minor is said to have been inspired by Hamlet. That's a Chopin piece. Um, Liszt wrote uh, Hamlet, which is a symphonic poem, 
and uh, later became the theme song for Flash Gordon. So there's that. Whoa. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Tchaikovsky also wrote um, Hamlet, which is an overture fantasy. Um, yeah, and then there's lots of like contemporary stuff that has been inspired by Hamlet. Um, trying to think if there's anything that's like really well known. Um, yeah, I mean, basically a whole bunch of like bands, especially rock bands, have done um, like songs based on Ophelia or Hamlet, <laughs> um, or like have general themes about madness that reference Hamlet. <coughs> so yeah. Cool. Which just, I mean, speaks to its staying power mm -hmm. as a play. I mean, <laughs> it has the advantage of being hundreds of years old. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of time for people to, to do parodies and inspirations of it. But, I mean, I think if it weren't such a, you know, a strong, well-built play, it wouldn't have this kind of staying power in pop culture today. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Can I, I find it interesting too, I brought up before like how women are treated in this play. Mm -hmm. Yes, let's get um, to that. Yes. Yeah, like kind of in the way, so I love Jane Eyre, it's my favorite novel, and in the way that um, the wife in the attic is kind of um, become the center of like feminist criticism, the same thing has happened with Gertrude and Ophelia in this play, um, how feminist critics just kind of, I don't know, both of these women in the play get the short end of the stick, yeah. but I think they're more complicated than anyone gives them credit for. Mm -hmm. um, I actually, and I haven't read this story, but now I really um, want to find this Margaret Atwood, um, who obviously I've talked about Handmaid's Tale a lot on here, so I'm a big fan of her, but um, she has a collection, and uh, within one of her collections, she has a short story called Gertrude Talks Back. Um, where uh, Gertrude responds to Hamlet. He has his, he's pretty mean <laughs> to his mother in that part, which it's understandable to like some point, but like also not that he's frustrated that, you know, his mother married um, his uncle so quickly, um, but she kind of like rebuffs him on that. Um, but I don't know. Both of these women, when you consider the time, so with Ophelia, there's been um, some criticism that, or some theories, I guess, that this is a woman who was surrounded um, by men of power um, who made all the decisions for her, and then she spirals into madness after all of these women have died and Hamlet abandons her, and um, so just every person that's... Um, anyway, making decisions in her life is now gone. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. There's something to be said with, like, I don't know how women were treated during this time. Um, I don't know if you have more comments on that. No, I think but. it's a valid critique. I mean, especially since there's so few female characters, which isn't atypical for plays of the time, but you can see the characters so much more closely, mm -hmm. right? Because there's few of them you can mm -hmm. compare. And I mean... It would really be terrible to be a woman in that play. I'll just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, with Gertrude, it's kind of like, what was what was she supposed to do? So, really, <laughs> to me, it seemed yes, that's not the best thing to go off and marry your husband's brother. But also, like being a woman at that time, they weren't going to. I mean, I guess we did have Queen Elizabeth, but she wasn't the rightful heir, and so right. you know, what was she gonna do? She. Um, yeah. It would totally have ended her life if she had just, okay, someone else is going to take over the throne, and now where is my place in this society? So I right. think she was just trying to, um, I don't know, maintain the status that she already had. Yeah, and this is something that we actually talked about in my college Shakespeare class was, mm -hmm. like, Gertrude's position, because 
basically, once Hamlet's father dies, Hamlet is the rightful king. Um, but he is still young at that time. So right. basically, it's like um, she's in this position where it's like Hamlet is the king, but he's not old enough to actually rule. So logically, then what would happen is there would be like a guardian um, in place who would essentially rule on his behalf. A lot of time that would be the mother. But like you said, in this society where women are undervalued and underappreciated, like they weren't going to let her rule the country yeah. on Hamlet's behalf. <clears throat> and so she's sitting there going, how can I protect the throne and, you know, my, our life for my son? And meanwhile, and Claudius the best, is there. Exactly. And yeah. the best way to do that is to marry Claudius. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, she's in this difficult position. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I really feel bad for her now. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I love the name Ophelia, and so it's something I've thought about. Where I'm like, oh, if I have a daughter one day, can I name her Ophelia? But then she reads Hamlin in high school. I can imagine the scenario of like, oh, you're named after the girl who drowned herself in the river. Like, but she's, I think she's a lot more than that. We just mm -hmm. don't see that side of the story. Yeah. And, and Hamlin is a total jerk to her. Oh, he tells yeah, her to completely. go to the nunnery. Like, that's one know. of my favorite parts of so that complete works of William Shakespeare Branch. So they spend a lot of time on Hamlet. So they decide that they're going to pull a woman from the audience to be Ophelia because they're all men. And they're like, no, we can't have a man like playing Ophelia. Um, and so they bring a woman up there and like, okay. So at this point in the play, like, like Ophelia is going mad. And so we want to portray that. So give us, like, we're condensing it down. So just give us a, your best scream. And that's going to be how we embody this, right? Oh, so she no. kind of, she does this little scream. They're like, okay, I mean, that was okay. You can do better though and so they're like trying to like get her in this mindset of where ophelia is so they divide the audience up into like sections. <laughs> yeah. and they're like we're gonna have each section of the audience per, like basically represent a different thing like a different voice that's going on inside ophelia's head and like the combination is going to help you understand the madness behind ophelia right <laughs> so they have they have part of the audience go be uh, hamlet like maybe maybe not maybe, maybe not and then another part is like um like cut the crap hamlet my biological clock is ticking and i need babies now and like, all these different things and yeah the audience starts doing all of it at once and then she just goes ah I'm like, yeah, you know, Ophelia doesn't get a lot of credit for it. I mean, she, she is a more complex character than I think a lot of people give her credit for, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. no. Not to give this a whole literary analysis, but there you go. Mm -hmm. yep. Anyway, uh, cool. Anything else we want to talk about with Hamlet? Well, I mean, I think we've, we've covered so much mm -hmm. already, but... I just think that even with as much as we've talked about, there's definitely still more even, mm -hmm. which I mean, is part of why the play, again, why the play is so good, why yeah. we talk about it, because there's just so much there. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So right. read it. So or read even it. better, I honestly, Shakespeare kind of has to be watched. It's it's a play. It's meant yeah. to be watched. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, or if you've, I mean, I've seen a lot of great local versions of Hamlet too. Mm -hmm. I'll mention there was one here. Um, we're in Utah. There was one where um, I don't know. They had people 
like double cast in different roles so Ophelia became Rosencrantz and there were kind of interesting implications from like how people were double cast but they also had like this really cool puppet that was the ghost of the king and I don't know so if you ever have a chance to like see it live like people um especially with local productions and like small budgets there's a lot of interesting things people try to do with this play yeah so that's one of the great things about Hamlet is I feel like every adaptation I watch like it's hard for me to pick one favorite because every adaptation picks a different interpretation. So you learn something yeah. new and get something new from it every time you watch or read it even. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of death. <laughs> Come prepared. Yep. <laughs> great. Well, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you again, Erin, for coming on and sharing yeah, your, thank your you. great insight and wisdom oh, with us. Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Happy to be here. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you want to plug while you're here? Where can people find you? Oh man, where can people find me? Well, I am on Twitter, um, and if there's not a lot of like pop culture observations, it's mostly cats. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> so um, my handle is nonstop Aaron nice. on Twitter. Great, nice. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at PC Footnotes. You can find us on Facebook at Pop Culture Footnotes. If you are listening on iTunes or any of the other places where we are available, you should also check out our awesome website, popculture-footnotes.com. And uh, if you have recommendations for things you want us to talk about on the show, email them to us, popculturefootnotes at gmail.com. So, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Um, Yeah. Is this where we come to the point where we are doing next week and none of us know? Yeah. I'm um, looking it up. Now I can tell you. What are we doing next week? Yeah. So this is actually way exciting. Um, So the movie First Man is coming out. Yeah. So we'll be talking about the space program. Yeah. Courtney's super excited. And we'll also have Whitney back who um, has been on our show before. But this is one of her. I love Whitney because she has such like niche interests. This is one of hers. It's the early space program. So super psyched to talk with both of you guys about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so join us then. It's going to be great. Um, And yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.